That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Before we embrace the madness, before we stare directly into the Chernobyl reactor core, uh, today's Bob Seska show is brought to you by our Patreon page. In case you're not aware, we produce four podcasts per week. That means a new show every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Now, you might be wondering why you don't see the Friday show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your shows. That's because our Friday after-party podcast with all of its revealing discussions about sex, drugs, rock and roll, and politics is only available through our Patreon page. So please help support this independent show by subscribing to our Friday after-party podcast for just $10 per month. We're also posting all kinds of free content on our Patreon page, including our Wednesday interview show with people like Eric Bollert, Charlie Pierce, Randy Rhodes, Malcolm Nance, John Fugelsang, Frank Conniff, and Tom Nichols. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Don't let Artie make these drinks. He makes these drinks that are half salt, half vodka. Swear to God, the olive floats at the top. Hey, boy. Hey. You two look like you need a salty... Dog. Kid <laughs> <laughs> bartender doesn't even know the proportions. Just because Cheers was a hit, every asshole thinks he can mix a drink. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, what the? Yeah. What is that? I don't know, but as soon as I finish this salty dog, I'm gonna rip that camera from his hands and tear him a new way home. All right, having a good time, huh? Uh, all right, all right, all right. Jeannie, she's uh, still she's, changing. She is still. She is still changing. Listen, I don't understand women. I agree. Yeah. Have a salty dog. Drink it, you pussy. Jeannie, sweetheart. Jeannie, the last thing this house needs is tough love. Jeannie, open this door. Jeannie. Five marriages. And now I'm going downstairs and I'm going to take care of that sack of human shit with a camera. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello. The Bob Seska Show. Oh, man. Safe home to the great Rip Torn. Artie from the Larry Sanders Show. Just an amazing role, an amazing part, an amazing show. One of the greatest half-hour sitcoms of all time. If you haven't seen the Larry Sanders show, go watch it. Watch all the episodes. You're, you're going to be blown away. Especially those younger people who weren't around in the 90s to watch a show on HBO. 
You've got to see it. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, July 11, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com, the greatest soap ever. Hi, what's happening? My name is Bob. What's up? Hello, Bob. Day 903 of the Trump crisis, day 66 of the constitutional crisis, 480 days until the 2020 presidential election. And we are completely without Jody Hamilton today, so let's go old school. Let's do this. <laughs> we we haven't played the lone T-Rex sounder, the, the T-Rex jingle oh, in a long, long time. Hi. It still gives me goosebumps, you know? Yeah. I just love that intro. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm telling you, I need that like on an MP3 on my phone just when I get out of the shower every morning. Right. You know? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, T-Rex, what are we going to do? Um, I, think, I think we start here. All right. As you know, Trump was going to announce this afternoon an executive order to bypass the Supreme Court's citizenship question, right? Oh, God. Their decision on the citizenship question. And we just found out seconds before that uh, Donald Trump might be backtracking on that, that he might not actually be delivering a, uh, an executive order on this. He may just ask the Commerce Department to figure out a way to ask the questions some, some other way. I'm not sure what that other way is. Jesus fucking shit on a shingle. Yeah. I just, ah, uh, this fucking asshole. I mean, I just, it's like, hi, okay, everybody, it's T-Rex. Now I'm just going to sit here and swear about the goddamn fucking <laughs> hole in his head, pencil dick moron that is running our country right now. I mean, he's like, declares war in Iran. Oh, psych. Maybe not. Yeah. You know, and then like, oh, we're going to do an executive order around the Supreme Court on the citizenship question thing. Oh, well, uh. Maybe not. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, and you know, you just—if any Democratic president had ever acted in a tenth of this erratic, yeah. You know, I mean, I hate playing that game. You well, know, this but is, Obama had done this. I mean, but, you I know, know, it's just like I know. Mm. Yeah, I, you can't make any comparison whatsoever between the two because obviously everything that Trump does is okay, and we should just completely embrace it. Like you know, the the national debt surpassing twenty two trillion dollars. Larry Kudlow just shrugs his shoulders and goes, "Well, this is fine. Everything's fine. No problem. No problem here." God, That's why right, do we Larry, even Larry try? Kudlow doing cocaine, and uh, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. And, and the thing is that you know, I wrote all about this for uh, the Banter newsletter. I've got the the link up on my Facebook page, and and all I can do is when I see Larry Kudlow, when I see the Republicans behaving the way they're behaving toward the national debt and the budget deficit and so on, I can't help but to go back ten years and look at about this time in two thousand nine, about this time of year. When everyone was freaking out and their hair was on fire, heads were exploding all over Fox News Channel. Even Morning Joe was basically playing the neo-McCarthyism card. You know, just like, oh, my oh, God. Trust me, when President Kamala Harris does it, you know, if she should <laughs> go exactly even a dollar right. into the red. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're going to completely ship themselves all over again. Right. And right. just be like, oh, my God, the debt, the debt, tax and spend liberals. Oh, my God, they're yeah. bankrupt us. Well, it's, it's the, the uh, same. I mean, it, it, it works every time. Why should they stop? Yeah, right. It's the star of the beast strategy is what they're doing. And they're just racking up a gigantic national debt, racking up a huge deficit by the end of 2020, by the end of Donald Trump's, hopefully, his last year in office, the budget deficit is going to be $1.1 trillion. That's a projection by the CBO. $1.1 trillion. You know what it was at the height 
of the Great Recession. You know what it was the first uh, year of the Obama presidency, mainly because of George W. Bush spending in October of 2008 on TARP and these other bailouts because of the recession. Um, The federal budget deficit at the end of 2009 was $1.4 trillion. At the end of 2020, it's going to be $1.1 trillion. Yeah, and that was considered catastrophic at 1.1. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so what happens is is the Republicans always do this. They rack up gigantic deficits, huge national debt. And then as soon as a Democrat comes in and they want to pass, you know, health care, things like that, they want to rescue the economy from a second Great Depression, as Barack Obama was trying to do in March of 2009. They just freak out and say, where's the money? Wait, wait, wait. What are you doing? poor mouthing. Yeah, these taxes. We don't have the money for that. How (laughs) could we possibly pay for children to have free school lunches? Yeah, exactly. It's the starve the beast strategy. They're doing this just so the next Democratic president can't come in and pass a bunch of programs, you know, things that people need. You know, like health care and like school lunches and all the rest of it. And, And this is just the... This is the easiest to digest piece of news of the past week. <laughs> it's just that's where we are right now. Um, that that story is is ah piece of cake. Oh, we we're talking about the national debt. No problem. Starve the beast. No problem because we've got bigger issues to solve. Like for example, uh, you know I don't know why this hasn't been brought up yet or coined yet on social media or maybe it has and I just missed it. But why isn't anyone calling Donald Trump the rape president? Because, I mean, it's just like, it seems know. like every time, every time we see the news, every time we log on to Twitter or Facebook or whatever, or we see the front page of the New York Times or the Washington Post, it's a new story about Donald Trump being linked to rape. And not just rape, rape of children in this case. So we've got this story uh, from, uh, I believe it was the New York Times, and then it was picked up by NBC News and Vanity Fair and a bunch of other papers, uh, that uh, Donald Trump attended a party at Epstein's place. At Is this where, the 28 Girls party? Yeah, it's the 28 Girls. It was just Jeffrey Epstein, Donald Trump, and 28 girls. Uh, yep, yep. Trump in 1992 directed Florida businessman George Harney. Is that, is that really the guy's name? <laughs> I, was, I was just going to get the guy's names uh, correct here. It's H-O-U-R-A-N-E-Y. And to me, that I'm looking at that, I'm going to say George Horney. <laughs> That's what it looks like Horny. to me. I mean, I don't I know. It's, is, is that how you pronounce it? George Horney? I have no idea. So we were just for the sakes, for the duration of this interview, yes. Yeah. Well. Uh, that he will be George Horney. It wouldn't surprise me. David Pecker and all this? <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me at all if, uh, you know, this guy, this Florida businessman's name is actually George Horney. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. God, well, regardless. Nothing makes sense anymore, Bob. I yeah, mean, we live yeah. in a nightmare. The floor is the ceiling. The ceiling is the floor. Yeah. The walls are, are are melting. It's just like, what is fucking going on? I mean, this is must have been, it's really must have what it was been what it was like right yeah. around the time Chernobyl happened in the Soviet mm-hmm. Union when everything was breaking down and then that happened. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it feels like. It feels like, as I said at the top of the show, feels like uh, those guys who went to the rooftop and had to stare down into that 
radioactive abyss, just the exposed reactor core. And then, of course, just these shockwaves of radiation emerging and blasting them in the face and melting their skin and all the rest of it. That's what it feels like sometimes. But this, in 1992, uh, Trump directed Florida businessman George Horney, who would later accuse Trump of (laughs) sexually harassing his former girlfriend. This guy actually accused Trump of sexually harassing his former girlfriend and business partner, Jill Harth, to organize a members-only calendar girl competition at Mar-a-Lago. After Horny arranged... I don't know if that's a... Horny? Horny? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So they're trying to organize this calendar girl competition at Mar-a-Lago. After Horny arranged to have some contestants fly in, he told the Times in an interview on Monday, he discovered that there would only be two attendees. At the very first party, I said... Who's coming tonight? I have 28 girls coming. It was just Trump and Epstein, Horny recalled. I said, Donald, this is supposed to be a party with VIPs. You're telling me it's you and Epstein? Horny pretty much had to ban Jeff from the events, he said. Trump didn't care about that. (laughs) God damn it. I mean, is there any doubt in anyone's mind that Trump had sex with with these girls? I mean, does anyone doubt that that actually went on? I mean, he obviously did. I mean, my God, T-Rex, he admitted on videotape in the Access Hollywood tape that, you know, he has repeatedly sexually assaulted Uh, women because he can do it, because he's a celebrity and people... Can you imagine him doing... I mean, just the way it would... Yeah. His fingers, just like his nasty, stubby little orange fingers. Yeah. Groping, sweaty. You know, I just keep thinking of that picture along those lines. I keep thinking about that picture with Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump where Trump just looks pasty and he's wearing that... He's wearing like a pink tie and he just looks glossy and pink and doughy and he's... And Jeffrey Epstein's there with the smirk. Can, uh, by the way, I can't wait for the story to end for numerous reasons. One, because I hope all of these fucking millionaire rapists go to prison. But also, so we don't have to look at Jeffrey Epstein's goddamn, uh, his yeah, Herman Munster face from now until the end of eternity, for God's sake. Because everybody kind of scroll up. Oh, look, it's the rapist again. It's the, you know, the guy who rapes children. Oh, I see. He was raping three children a day. You know, all this is taking place in Palm Beach. And if yeah. you read uh, or listen to the chapter I just put up about my adventure in Palm Beach, it's mm-hmm. like the whole city is set up for that. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like that. all the houses have these hedges that go all the way up to the rafters. Yeah. It's like some weeping fig or something. And it's just everywhere. And it's like they're big on their hedges. It's like these houses are just like, go away. Yeah. Yeah, right. None of your business. What happens here is none of your business. It's like they're like women under burkas or like yeah. old veiled Italian mafia widows. Like, you know, well, it's none of your business. Yeah, that's why they call these people the privileged class, because they just they feel as if the system is set up to allow them to get away with this kind of thing over and over and over again. No ramifications. I mean, even now. I mean, goddamn Epstein is trying to convince Judge to to let him out on bail if he puts up his uh, Lolita Express in one of his houses. I guess his house in Manhattan, maybe, or his condo there. I don't know. But, I mean, again, he's a, he's well, a certainly Apparently, the ownership of the place he lives in Manhattan is unclear at this point. I think that... Uh, what's the company that the guy owns? Uh, Victoria's Secret owner, who also yeah. owned the, the Limited and Express and all that. Like, Right. Right. Uh, he may actually own that house, which makes you wonder what, like, 
what does Epstein have on him? Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, uh, it's just, it's, what I'm really, like, completely ready to stop now is for these people wagging their fingers at us saying, now, you be careful, liberals, with this Epstein thing. You might uncover one of your own, like, you know, Bill Clinton, right? Yeah. It's just like, dude, yeah. if he was raping children, I don't fucking care if he's a great liberal lion of the Democratic Party. He can go to jail. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely fine care. with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, don't even, I mean, and the idea that you would, like, oh, well, let's soften this investigation and not dig too deeply because we might uncover something we and it's like no we're not going to do that we're talking yeah. about children here yeah yeah we're talking about children being sexually violated by wealthy old white men by the way did uh, we uh did we mention why jody's not here <laughs> i think we just skated right on past that jody hamilton's not here today because she's out of town she's on vacation it's just that it's kind of that time of she's year not anyway. in hollywood yeah she's not she's not Jody. anymore <clears throat> yeah, uh, now um, i've got to quickly find that music to play that music oh there we go but 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 she's not here. So she took uh, a trip away from Hollywood. Yeah. So uh, there won't be any chance encounters at lunch encounters. Oh, sorry. Um. <laughs> so Jody's not here this week. Um, I'm not going to be here the week of the 22nd. I am legitimately going to be taking an entire week off in which I don't do a goddamn thing for the entire week. That means no shows. I'm not writing anything. I I mean, I, you know, I've kind of gone in this direction. I've kind of said, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a vacation next week. And uh, when I actually go to do it, I end up doing shows anyway because I don't know Some why. Some crazy I, shit happens. I'm just... Cr- I'm insane. And uh, this time, though, I have committed <laughs> that the week... You even did a show when your entire neighborhood had burned down. Yeah, I know. From your car, with your phone. I mean, that's, you know, we understand. You don't have... You, you've got nothing to prove here, Seska. <laughs> we believe you. You're a hard worker. You're dedicated yeah. to your craft. You well, can take a week off. The way things are going, it's probably going to be my last official break before the holidays. I mean, quite seriously, uh, the next time I foresee being able to take a week off, and they're not being, you know, some sort of cataclysm in the meantime is going to be the the Christmas break. Uh, And so I think uh, it'll be the week of the 22nd, this coming up 22nd, that whole week, and then uh, then Christmas. So so get ready. We'll be dead of pandemic flu by then anyway. Yeah, that is if if the First Amendment still exists and the Internet is still operational by the holidays, (laughs) you know, maybe. Uh, but there it is. So I uh, hope Jody's enjoying her uh, her time off. But it's just the two of is us. It happy Trumpmas or Merry Trumpmas? I, I never keep it straight. <sighs> yeah, one or the other. Rename it. Uh, you know, I, I, that'd be great. What a great uh, Christmas gift is to actually have some sort of impeachment proceeding begin at that point, wouldn't it? Uh, but I'm not counting on it. <laughs> That's never. I, yeah. You know, I've just given up. I've completely yeah. given up. I've given up. I, I, yeah. It's I, what it's, I just feel like unless you're like you know a millionaire in this country you you can't get their attention and they don't understand that like their people are drowning yeah i'm drowning mm-hmm. i don't have health insurance right now i had a major massive life-threatening heart attack last year and i don't have health insurance now because i can't afford it yeah and it's ridiculous and it's just like and it, uh, i just the the policy thing with her going after AOC and Ilan Omar and all that. And it's just like, can we please just, uh, 
Yeah. You know, for once in our lives, not run from the passionate end of the party and and gravitate toward the doughy centrists who are just like going to get it, you know, like. Well, look, the doughy centrists can be the doughy centrists. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, you know, we're a big tent party. The Democratic Party has How's a that, lot of that presidential campaign coming, Seth Moulton, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, mean, I was just going to say, I mean, what we need to do as Democrats, and I talked about this a little bit on Tuesday, is instead of just categorically writing off people by saying, by having some sort of purity test, you know, it's like, oh, well, that person isn't entirely pure. That person's too far to the left or that person's too moderate or whatever. Instead of doing that, we can criticize based on compartmentalized issues. I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, oh, I didn't agree with what she said there or I didn't agree with what that guy did or, or the way that other person voted. You know, that's fine. But when we start saying, ah, fuck all those people and fuck all the people in the middle and fuck all the people on the far left and AOC and all the rest of them, then that's where things start to break down. And I'm getting a little concerned that uh, Nancy Pelosi is taking too hard a line against AOC and, and Omar and the rest of them instead of taking a hard line against Donald Trump, which is where I think all of our rage and anger ought to be. And I can hear a purring cat in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of amazing. <clears throat> she jumped up on the sofa behind me and she's very happy. She's making yeah. biscuits for us right now. That's Pippa. She's seven years old. She's huge and fat. <laughs> Black cat. Yeah. Uh, with one green eye and one brown eye. So she's very happy to see you all. In, 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 terms of the, in terms of the rage that uh, I, I think is appropriate at this point in time. And let's go back to uh, the rape president, Donald Trump. Uh, we also found out that migrant children at an overcrowded detention facility in Yuma, Arizona, reported being sexually assaulted and retaliated against by agents for protesting, according to uh, dozens of firsthand accounts. Did you, I mean, did you see Rachel's A Block on Tuesday night where she was talking I about did. this? I I heard about the girl who the large bearded ICE agent yeah. reached up her shirt, touched her breasts through her bra, took, took her pants down. While all the time speaking to people in a language she didn't understand and laughing about it. Yeah, and everyone was laughing about it. You know, this is uh, this is the new cruelty. <sighs> this is the, the cruel whimsy. I mean, you know, crap like this, that it wouldn't shock me at all to find out that this was being ordered from the highest levels. This is the sort of thing that Stephen Miller thinks of at 2 a.m., you know. Uh, this is the sort of stuff that pops up in his head. Like, well, let's see, how can we make it worse? How can we intimidate people to keep them from coming into the country illegally or migrants who are work. seeking This has never worked. This model has never course. worked for deterrence. Yeah. Never, ever, ever in the history of mankind. Like, all the way back to the, you know, the Spanish Inquisition, you know, I mean, torturing and tormenting people to stop them from doing things has never happened, never worked. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Like, you can't solve the problem by punishing people People for being the victims of circumstances beyond their control, mm -hmm. and it's just it's just cruelty. And it's like Adam Serwer in, in the Atlantic said: it, the cruelty is the point. Yeah, the fact that we are upset about it, the fact that liberals cry and it hurts, and that we are like you know actually affected by the thought of children in cages. They love that. They just it's like like you know it's their porn. Yeah, exactly. Liberal exactly. tears. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they're willing to do just about anything to achieve that end, right? Like, for example, we saw the story a few days ago in which uh, there was a guard at one of the uh, Border Patrol facilities who decided to uh, own the libs by drinking from the toilet. 
That's fun. Hey, let's, mm. <laughs> let's really stick it to AOC by taking a big cup full of piss water. Hey, that's great. We win. We're such winners. Look at us winning. You know, uh, that, by the way, everyone knows at this point that I have really stuck my neck out as far as uh, trying to reach out to never Trumpers and trying to figure out some way where you can get some Republicans, even though they might only represent 10% of the party, 5% of the party, but some Republicans on board with helping us try to fix this mess. And they say, no, they're never going to do it because they still want their Supreme court judges and their tax cuts. And they're kind of horrible racists at heart. Well, maybe, maybe not though. I mean, I don't remember seeing Rick Wilson pushing for Brett Kavanaugh or Neil Gorsuch or, you know, I I mean, I think they're on board. The problem is what they're doing right now is trying to offer up all of this advice in terms of how the Democrats can, uh, can win in 2020. And quite honestly, right. And that's in the same spirit as that advice about be careful how far you dig into the Epstein thing. Democrats. Yeah. Well, please don't give us advice, guys. You really. (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, advice is fine as long as it's well placed. The problem is the the advice that we're getting right now comes from a, a bunch of people whose grand strategy for the last three or four decades has been to do things that led to Donald Trump, the destruction of their own party. On top of this major national crisis. So thank you, no. If we just decline your advice, it's mainly because the strategy that you have employed uh, on the Republican side for winning elections has gotten us to this place. Exactly. You were fine with it until now. Yeah. So what, you know, that's why I don't trust them. You know, I just... uh... Well, I think and I feel like as a queer person, like as that, mm-hmm. you just they can't be trusted for on any level. You know, it's like you were fine with everything up until this vulgarian from yeah. the wrong side of the tracks got control of your party and brought out its true, like Patronus, like it's you know stripped it down to its white white nationalist essence. Yeah, you know, and you're just like the, the, you, they don't like him because he says shit out loud. It's not what he says. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not how he. It's not the you know if President you know Jeb Bush was doing these internments at the border. I think they'd be fine with it. You know, it just. I live in racist, you know, red redneckistan, and I grew up in South Georgia, and I came out of the closet at. 14 years old in 1980 you know and i just like i know what is it george bush said i've seen their souls i've seen their hearts you know and i've seen the cruelty and the bigotry and the selfishness that lies at the heart of the entire conservative idea yeah just the whole like ethos is based in mine not yours mm-hmm. you know and so i you know Thanks. You know, I'm. You're perfectly willing to stand there and throw rocks at Donald Trump, Rick Wilson, but you're over there. <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, and stay again, in your lane. That that's fine. And and you know what? Look, I think what we need to do is embrace the idea. That, in fact, the original founding idea of Congress was a, a matter of compromise. The whole idea was to, you know, fight the good fight for what you believe in, but ultimately reach a place where you can get things done by compromising with the other side. I think there's but something compromising with Republicans means like holding still and getting date raped. Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's it, just, it, 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 well, it depends on the thing, right? I mean, where that can actually happen. And I'm not downplaying the way the Republicans end up behaving, especially the current 
Republicans. I mean, I'm not talking about going to Mitch McConnell and say, hey, let's let's do a little bit of what you want to do. Like, let's oh, we're just going to go ahead and pass 27 of your judges just for no reason whatsoever, because we want to go home on vacation or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, of course, talking about where there is a, a, a reasonable Republican who maybe wants to do something where there's some overlap with something you want to do as well. So you reach some sort of. Uh, some sort of accord with the Republicans and you proceed that way. And that's the way things ought to work. We ought to be open to that. We shouldn't be so guided by a purity test because what is that? That's doing, that's driving us into our own little trenches and we're sitting there staring at each other across the Maginot line and it's not doing anyone any good. Um, at the same time, it, okay, it I'm going to play devil's advocate. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I just want to make sure that no one misunderstands what I'm saying, because what I'm saying here is I, I don't want to negotiate with someone like Mitch McConnell. I don't want us to concede things that we strongly believe in to people who are nothing but Trump sycophants. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is returning to a place. And in fact, John McCain kind of had this idea a little bit. We're just talking about regular order, returning to a place where we're not constantly smacking each other over the head with a shovel. You know what I mean? Where you know See, the problem though is that they're yeah, the, the first people that will get jettisoned in this process are the people of color and the women and the queers. Like this, this always you know. Anytime we start working too closely with them, it's like they you know it's yeah. I can't quite explain or quite verbalize what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say here in that like. I just don't trust them. I don't want to compromise with them. I just want to overwhelm them at the ballot box and, you know, make them and just keep pounding away until they're yeah. an obscure regional party that has very little power and is broken into little tiny pieces because they are the forces of segregation, of voter suppression, of, you know, anti-trans propaganda. It's yeah. just, uh-uh. Well, like, I, I just I don't feel like they can be the current Republican Party is so loony and out there and the Matt Gates and Jim Jordans of the world just cannot be compromised with. They can only be overwhelmed. Yeah, well, that's a, I, it's exactly what I'm saying. We're not disagreeing with each other. I, I think, you know, there's no compromising with Louis Gohmert and Steve King and Mark <gasps> And all of those <laughs> bastards. I mean, it's just not going to happen. But what I'm saying is, in order for this country to move forward into the future and not just completely get decimated, um, which is the, the track that we're on right now, is we're I just... I feel like it's kind of too late at this point. I mean, the the, the very... I mean, our, our country's rock-solid, like, like, the very values that we have been founded in have been shaken, yeah. have been cracked and yeah. broken. I mean, just like our whole standing in the world has just completely crumbled mm. thanks to Fox News and President Trump. Yeah. You know, because we, we are now acting like a flaky, drunk, neurotic uncle in the world who's like threatening to airstrikes against people. And it just... Uh, and just looks like this whole thing with the census question and these like these last minute slapdash. I mean, I thought the Romney campaign was slapdash and like ham handed. And then this happened. And it just like I think the dumbification has gone too deep. Yeah, I think that uh, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that people get to the ballot box in 2020 and then he doesn't get a second term. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It just, 
I just, I, I, the people who need to respond urgently are not responding urgently enough. Mm-hmm. And the people who are consistently upholding the status quo and playing the both sides game, the Chuck Todd's and the, um, I can never remember his name, Jake Tapper. Yeah. He's like, he's like the, he's like my, my bet noir. I, I think I may hate Jake Tapper worse than Tucker Carlson. <laughs> but worse than who? Because Jake Tapper, like Tucker Carlson. Oh, okay. Like at least Tucker Carlson isn't, you know, I mean, he wears the, you know, the prep school cut of bigotry openly and, you know, proudly into middle age. And, but like Jake Tapper says he's neutral, but like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, just like the stupid piddly shit that they go after Democrats for while the Republicans are like basically bayoneting children, yeah, you know, and it's just like, and they're like, well, both sides have points. It's yeah, just like, know. you know what? Stop making your wrinkly forehead at the camera and looking at yourself in the monitor and think about what you're actually doing and saying and how that affects our country at large. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, they're just like puppets of, I mean, the Trump administration just says jump and they're just like, oh my God, they told us to jump. How high should we jump? Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's, So, uh, yeah, I, I, but I mean, when we're talking about never Trumpers, for example, uh, I get the sense that they're making it increasingly difficult for anyone to come around to what I've been saying, uh, which is to, to reach some sort of detente with these guys and say, look, look, you know, we, we, we agree on this one thing, which is that Trump is a crisis and we need to get rid of him and we need to get rid of the reasons why he rose to power. And we need to fix this. And it seems to me as if that's uh, enough of an overlap to to at least get to a point where we can target that. But when they start talking about how, well, wait a minute, you, you idiots, why don't you listen to me? And maybe you won an election for once. And it's just that, that, that to me deflates the whole process and, and makes it nearly impossible to reach that detente. It, you can't get there mm. if they're constantly going, well, you fucking idiots, <laughs> you keep doing what you're doing and you're just going to lose this election. Oh, so then instead what we should do is take advice from people who, you know, their entire electoral strategy led to George, David Brooks and Brett Stevens, George W. Yeah. Bush and Sarah <clears throat> Palin and the Tea Party and Donald Trump and now Trumpism and all the rest of it, Fox News Channel. This is the madness that we just we don't want to listen to. Uh, for fear of the same shit happening to us. And and my fear is that we're going to take that advice to heart and then suddenly we're just as bad as the Republicans. We're elevating morons, weirdos, and populists instead of, you know, competent adults and grown-ups to run this country. And so, you know, that's where I, I'm really kind of going... Uh, shit, you know, I, I I put my neck out there and I, I really try to push for some sort of cooperation, and it, they're they're making it really really difficult. This is the bottom line. All yeah, I kind of feel like the, the 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 tribalism goes too deep, you know. And yeah. when it comes down, and and ultimately, like the first thing that they're going to object to, if we try to work with them, is like you know, what are all these black women and, pe- and black people doing running your party and women? It just like I don't know. I feel like they just need to. They're a relic, and they need to be like. Just throw it in the dustbin of history and we need to move on. Yeah. Well, how do you, but I mean, realistically, how do you do that? How do you, I mean, the Republican Party is going to be there one way or another, and I hope they self emulate. I, I hope they go away. I hope they. I'm holding out high in, hopes for a bird flu mutation. <laughs> short of the avian flu taking out the entire Republican Party. 
I, just a third of the population would yeah. make things a whole lot less complicated. But um, uh, I, I just I, I feel like everyone needs to take a breath to stop and look at each other across the line and go, OK, now, wait, can we refocus now on the real crisis here, which is Donald Trump ignoring the Constitution, you know, protecting rapists, protecting all these crooks who surround him and just completely uh, and continuing to exploit this uh it's not a good old boy network it's sort of just a, a network of privilege with all of these multi-millionaires and billionaires all protecting each other i mean that's probably how jeffrey epstein made all of his money by allowing these guys to come in to rape these children and then to offer some form of protection for them by saying, hey, look, I know it's on videotape, but mm, nothing's going to happen to that tape. And by the way, if you want to make sure they don't get out here, just give me, make sure you pay me $10,000 a month or whatever it happens to be. You know, it seems to me as if that's the most logical explanation for how Jeffrey Epstein made all of his money, knowing that, well, he doesn't do anything else, you know, except to, to run an airplane called the Lolita Express. Boy, that was a red flag, wasn't it? Oh, for God's <laughs> sake. Yeah, yeah. Well, meanwhile, as if the good news wasn't uh, <laughs> overflowing, you know, Trump's Gestapo is going to begin rounding up immigrant families starting on Sunday. So that, there's some great they news. They keep saying that. They keep saying that, and then they keep pushing it off. And I yeah. think that this is just a, a shock tactic, a terror tactic. Mm, maybe. People, I, I just... See, see, you're going easy on Trump here. I don't think it's a scare tactic. I think he's really going to do it. I think he's just been delaying to try to, you know, pull his whole stay tuned next week. We may just have something crazy happen. That's what he's doing. But I think eventually he's going to do it because his people I just don't need think him. that he has the discipline and attention span to accomplish anything on a major scale. Well, this when is was the a, last time he got anything done on any kind of major scale that affected all the corners of the country. Well, don't forget, this is this is a Stephen Miller operation. So <laughs> Donald Trump doesn't even need well, to be Well, that guy's coherent. a fucking shithead. I mean, he really does have like a giant pile of steaming shit between <laughs> his ears. I mean, he's not like a tactical genius or anything. He's yeah. just a like high school racist who never matured but he's like setting he's, the but he's setting the policy though that's the thing he's setting this entire policy of cruelty toward brown people that is they're going to have to like allocate money and organize people and i just they they can't do any of that stuff effectively they've never when has Donald Trump ever marshaled anyone in groups to do anything in his entire life like, I mean, they just, I, don't, I just don't think they have the discipline. Okay. Um, well, I hope I you're right. Just, I, I, I honest, mean, to God, honest to God, I hope you're right. Because when this starts happening, and again, we don't need more evidence, but when this starts happening, uh, I, I just wonder what, what happens after that. Like, uh, where do you go from there? Uh, what kind of awfulness follows you know, raiding the homes of immigrant families and arresting them and throwing them into uh, cages where they have to drink out of the toilet and where their children are uh, sexually molested and, and laughed at and, and paraded around with their p pulling their shirts off. And God damn it. It's just uh, God damn it. But I have some good news coming from the Democrats. And in fact, the Democrats today and in fact, the past couple of days have started playing hardball. And it's not quite the hardball we all want to see, but it's still hardball. And I want to get into that in just a second here. But first, I want to talk about Plexiderm. I don't know if you've tried Plexiderm, T-Rex, but it is an amazing, amazing product, mainly because the way Plexiderm works, when you put it on your eye bags and when you put it on your smaller wrinkles and areas like that, 
it's not one of those things where you have to sit around and you have to wait for six months. I know there are some lotions and creams and things, things that get rid of dark spots and so on, those kind of uh, uh, medicines that you can buy over the counter. It takes like six months, nine months, and every day putting it on and, and worrying about it. And then it may not work. You don't know. Or you forget about it. Or you procrastinate. Or you just it's, you stop doing it. And you don't see any results. But with Plexiderm, it works literally in seconds. Uh, it's a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates under-eye bags and wrinkles in just a few minutes. Did you hear that? Minutes! The science behind Plexiderm is incredible with clinical studies to back it up. If you look older and tired because of crow's feet, wrinkles, or under-eye bags... You can look younger in just minutes with Plexiderm. See for yourself, watch a real video with real people and see how fast crow's feet, wrinkles, and under-eye bags disappear. Vanish. Poof. The results are backed up by Plexiderm's 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Don't forget that. Go to triplexiderm.com and use the coupon code SEXYLIBERAL. Again, that's two words, all caps, SEXYLIBERAL for my discount. That's triplexiderm.com with the code SEXYLIBERAL or call 1-800-685-1292 and mention SEXYLIBERAL. Thank you, thank you, thank you in advance. Hey, it's Stephanie Miller, America's original sexy liberal, if you don't count Miller Fillmore. Come join us for the Happy Hour podcast. You're probably already doing plenty of drinking and swearing with this stain of a president in office. Well, join me and my celebrity and comedian friends for a raunchy, uncensored ride through politics and pop culture. Pants optional. The Bob Seska Show. Woke up this morning. Laced a fresh pair of Nikes on my feet. Go for a stroll down the boulevard. All right, this is an R&B recording artist named Kaz. The song is called Party Track from his Time Passed Away. It Passed Anyways. EP. Let me try that again. Time Passed Anyways is the name of the EP. New favorite album. I officially have a new favorite album. I can't stop listening to this Kaz album. Really, really great stuff. You know what? It kind of reminds me of the R&B version of uh, Young Gun Silver Fox, where it's like this perfect throwback, but it's all modern, mm. new music. Just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it to death. All right. Uh, BobSeska.com slash music if you want to submit and include your music on this show. We have a new Indie Music Countdown. By the way, Indie Music Countdown, now a part of iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all of the rest of the podcast platforms. Tune in, iHeartRadio, all the rest of them. We have our own Indie Music Countdown iTunes channel, or Apple Podcasts is what they're calling it now. So if you go to uh, your podcast app and you search for Indie Music Countdown, make sure to subscribe, huh? And while you're there, five-star rating and review. Thank you very much. Okay, um, let's see. What else? What, what's next? What's, what's the next disaster? You know, we, we got some criticism the other day for being too negative on the Tuesday show. <laughs> I, can't, mm. I can't wait to hear the reaction for today's show. <laughs> uh, you want me to do my Sebastian Gorka? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you mention that. We're, I'm just about to play a, uh, a clip of Sebastian Gorka. It's, it's kind of funny oh, that you said that. Because bring it. Yeah, someone prank called him on his radio show yesterday. <laughs> oh, I got to hear this. Yeah, Sebastian Gorka, yeah. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah, Sebastian Gorka took a caller on his show, I believe it was yesterday, 
And uh, the caller had a special announcement for Sebastian. Apparently, Sebastian won a journalism award. Here's the uh, here's the segment from the Gorka Show. Six seven five two. Best part of the show is you, Jason, Idaho, line three. Hey, Mr. Gorka, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm excited. Love your love your voice on the radio. It's the radio was meant for you, sir. That's very kind. You've got you you've got some pipes yourself. Oh, that's Ugh. nice. Nothing compared to you, though. I feel like if you're having a debate with some liberal, you could just start talking and they'd start shaking in their boots. Yeah, they usually end up as little puddles on the floor. But thanks for calling, Jason. Yes, well, share, you've got 60 seconds. Share your wisdom. Well, I, I, my favorite magazine just did a little uh, feature on you saying you were the top uh, journalist of this year, and I was really excited, and I wasn't sure if you were aware of that yet. No. What, what is this that you are talking of? Uh, it's called uh, Dipshit Magazine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ah, this is the definition of a coward. I love it how they lie. Um, I'll talk to Jason offline. This is Sebastian Gorka. Oh, he's dropped off. What does that mean? What does that mean, Jason, that you dropped off? I, I, I love how he just interjects. Uh, this is Sebastian Gorka. Yes, I, I really think that accent's put on. He probably talks like this. He's from, you know, like, it just... Mm, oh, thank you. You've got lovely pipes yourself. Mm. Yeah, I just... I mean, he, like, audibly is stroking his goatee as he talks. Yes. Mm, this is Sebastian Gorka. It's just, it sounds like mm. he's he's eating a really delicious cupcake as he's saying it. Mm, this is so delicious. Oh, so scrumptious, this cupcake. It's <laughs> a pity this. for or something. You, you know, know what I do? It has to be I... something really pretentious. Like watercress, that sandwich. In a, yeah. Watercress, that's right. I'm loving this cucumber sandwich with mayonnaise. Mm. By the way, I call it mm. mayonnaise. So in a clever way. The I... mayonnaise is so beautifully balanced. <laughs> <laughs> so magazine. subtle. Yeah. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> one of those. It sounds like he's just like discovered like this person's got like a sex toy in their underwear or something, you know? <laughs> you know, I I love it when people who take themselves way too seriously are prank called like that because they totally ask for it. And no one takes himself more seriously than Sebastian Gorka takes himself. Sebastian Gorka is the most self-serious person in the world. Absolutely. I can't 100%. believe he didn't correct him when he called him Mr. Gorka. It's Doctor. It's Dr. Gorka. <laughs> I didn't spend four years in evil medical school to just be called Mr. <laughs> Dr. Evil. Uh, I insist uh, sometimes on you owe it to yourself to look up this one Chapel Hill professor's review yep. of uh, Gorka's dissertation. It's amazing. <laughs> What did he amazing. write for? What did he write for his dissertation? What did Sebastian Gorka write? His I mean, apparently there was honestly like this page intentionally left blank kind of stuff going on in there. Like five hundred pages on the size of my testicles. Right. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I'm trying to think what he did write it about. I'm sure it was about the you know the the resemblance between like Western liberals and fascists or something, you know? Oh like, yeah, I'm sure. So, yeah, it was probably something liberal fascist. Something Goldberg-y. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, fascist influence on American progressive thought. 
Call, calling back but one of our earlier discussions on the show today. That's what he uh, that sort of thing. These liberal fascism thing was a, a staple of 2009 when uh, everyone was attacking Barack Obama for the, you know, the na- the budget deficit that uh, <laughs> George Bush was. No, it just makes for. me want to hammer a nail into my eye sometimes that like beyond civilization, like after all of this collapses, you know, and we're all dead skeletons, like you know, crumbling into the sand, and yeah. there will still be actual hardbound copies of liberal fascism lying around <laughs> for the aliens to find or future archaeologists, you know, and it just. Yeah, you know, I went after me- Jonah Goldberg on Twitter uh, a few weeks ago about that. Because he was screaming oh, about really? something. Yeah, he was pro- he's just pro- like bringing up his book again, his book from whatever it was, 2005 or 2006, Liberal Fascism. And uh, yeah, I was like, have you reckoned this whole notion of liberalism any in any way, shape, or form being linked to fascism? Do you know anything? Would you read a book, for God's sake, that isn't your own book? And he was like, why don't you just read my book? I was like, well, that's what I'm talking about. I don't need to read your book. It's it's got a stupid I've actually read excerpts title. of it. It, it. Yeah, it's incredibly bad. Yeah. And he got some very, uh, you know, like Naomi Wolf level mistakes in there. <laughs> like, in, you know, like he pulled a, pulled a Naomi Wolf with that book, didn't he? He just went completely 180 the wrong direction. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, but he was one of those people, like a whole chapter devoted to the fact that, like, the, you know, National Socialist Party was the Nazis and therefore, and Hitler was a vegetarian, so he must have been a liberal, mm. you know, and just, I mean, it's just, it's that facile and that bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just, uh, do you want another yeah. uh, rape president story? I think it's kind of, I mean, just the guy is, <laughs> it's so disgusting and it's so puerile. That, mm. And there are so many people's like lives and dignity compromised and just, you know, wadded up and thrown away. Like yeah. there's nothing that I just, yeah, there's no real way to. Well, did you know that the uh, Trump organization had planned to have an event with a Miami area strip club at Trump's Doral, Florida golf course? Uh, yeah, they were going to have a naked girl auction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A fucking naked girl auction. But like, it's, for, then, it's for like, charity, like, T-Rex. It's and the charity was like, no, we don't want your money. Keep your money away from us. Yeah, it's, it's the, the Donald Trump. Itself. The Donald Trump Legal Defense Fund. That's the name of the charity. But they canceled the event, which is a, a shocking display of self-awareness right there. That they actually said, hey. What are they going to do with all those sexy polos and pink mini skirts? <laughs> <laughs> hey, all those white teeth. Folks, okay, I, let me explain that. Okay, so part of this deal was, and if you, it was part on Rachel Maddow's A Block last night. Was, yeah. you, what was the name of the club? Uh, yeah, the strip was, club was like Humps or something? Yeah, it was. it was Humps. Let's just call it Humps. So the strip club is having an event at the Doral golf course, (laughs) Trump's property. So he's making money off of it. And they're bringing in like these strippers from the club and you can like rent a girl for the day. She's going to go out with you and play golf and wear a quote unquote pink mini skirt and a sexy white polo, (laughs) Um, which, uh, yeah, where to even begin with that? Yeah. Uh, and like, if you didn't want to go ahead and do the economical thing and go and put your money down your for your girl, you could go to the girl auction mm. on Friday night to to buy a girl to take out golfing on Saturday. Oh, here's here's the name of the strip club. The name I of the just threw up in my heart a little bit. <laughs> you threw up into your heart. <laughs> And you know that's that's where the kidneys are, right? That's you heard exactly, that. yeah. Yep. Or not the kidneys? It's not kidneys plural. It's the kidney. 
Uh, apparently, Donald Trump thinks that there are there's just one kidney and it's located in in the heart, which doesn't make any fucking sense. You've been you've worked so hard on these things. You've worked so hard on the kidney. Very special. The kidney has a very special place in the heart. No. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's not real. Had you ever it heard can't that? Be real. That is absolutely 100% no. real. Yep, that was yesterday. That was yesterday at a special event <laughs> where he was signing an executive order. The kidney. That's the, a special. The kidney. A, that's a, it has a special place in the heart. So you didn't know until I played that. You didn't know that that happened. My God. No. Yes. No. Yes. The I president. I can't follow the daily back and forth anymore. It's the president the doesn't know. The kidney. <laughs> Did you, by the way, did you see uh, those pictures of Melania at the July 4th thing just with, uh, with the Snee? In high school, we used to call it Snee, which is sudden nipple <laughs> erection. Oh, Snee no, is I, sudden nipple erection. Yeah, she was showing I spent her- July 4th. I had a friend lock me in a cage with a Mylar blanket and some body lice yeah, to celebrate yeah. her country. <laughs> well, she was showing off her kidneys, um, apparently. Yeah, at the, uh, at the Oh, event. that's because they're, yeah, near yeah. her heart. But the name well, that's of the- what she went to the hospital for, wasn't it? Yeah. The name of the strip club, by the way, is uh, Shadow Cabaret, which is not nearly as interesting as Humps. Shadow Cabaret? That doesn't sound right. It seems like it was had a simpler name than that. Yes. Okay. I mean, they're really napping on the job here. I mean, if you're going to be in some form of adult entertainment, you got to come up with a clever name, you know, like Humps. I think we should just from now on just call them Humps. I think that yeah. <laughs> I think they just need to change their name to Humps. Uh, yeah. Well, with the golf thing, they should just call themselves Holes, probably. Yeah. But like, I mean, it was actually oh, called man. it was going to be called the Shadow All Star Tournament, and the name of the strip club is Shadow Cabaret. I mean, so the name of the cab the name of the strip club is in the name of the event at Trump Doral. <laughs> uh, <laughs> By the way, ima- you know, I'm not going to play the imagine if Barack Obama did this game because I mean, it's just like uh, uh, maybe George George Horney has to go work at Humps. Maybe that's the <laughs> next uh, landing place for George Horney after his falling out with uh, with Donald Trump. Uh, okay, so God, do you remember? Um, yeah. So so here, I mean, I've, I forgot to get to this. I was talking about this before. The Democrats are taking a, a hard line, uh, you know, and I'm uh, for today. I think. I'm hesitant to criticize the Democrats because here are some great news coming out of the House of Representatives. It is apparently subpoena day in the Judiciary Committee. A bunch of new subpoenas issued. Jared Kushner, Jeff Sessions, various Trump associates. Committee uh, uh, voted along party lines on Thursday to authorize subpoenas for documents and testimony from a dozen current and former Trump administration officials. They're just going to refuse them and tie it up in court. I mean, this is the problem. I really want to see some action, Democrats. Please. But I mean, again, I don't know what more they can do, though, at this point, other than just getting louder and saying things, which I I wish they would do. I wish Nancy Pelosi would get louder and say some things and condemn the president. I mean, even introducing some sort of resolution to say that, you know, maybe the the president is out of line by letting Border Patrol officials, you know, molest children. You know, maybe a House resolution along those lines condemning the president. Maybe that's a good idea. I don't know. Maybe I should ask the never Trumpers to see if that's okay or if that's just too stupid and we're going to lose elections because of it. That's just Maybe it. Not. Like Brett Stevens and David Brooks do not need to lecture me on how to be a Democrat. Right, right. right. Thanks, guys. No. 
What, what purpose does Brett Stevens serve? I mean, what is his, like, he's like Donnie Deutsch. I mean, what is he? Is he a journalist? Is he, did he write any? I mean, no. Brett Stevens, where did he come from? I don't know. He's just like a Brooks I, you know, Brothers suit with an like empty hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> the committee approved the resolution authorizing a uh, slew of subpoenas in a uh, 21 to 12 vote after a contentious markup Thursday, during which the Republicans and Democrats sparred over the setup of former special counsel Robert Mueller's impending testimony and the immigration crisis. That's going to be a really interesting day. We've got that coming up next Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Robert Mueller, uh, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to approach it with the shows. But how we're going to do the podcast is like the least of my concerns with regard to next week. I'm just interested to see, is Trump going to do something insane? I know Stephanie Miller was talking about that this morning, kind of speculating that uh, maybe there was going to be an attack on Iran uh, to coincide with Robert Mueller's testimony. Let's completely wipe this off the news cycle. Uh, And that wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, I think the president is absolutely capable of anything right now which to me is one of the centerpieces, one of the many centerpieces of this, uh, this crisis, is that he's just capable of doing anything, literally anything, uh, to guard his own ass. But regardless, uh, congressional Democrats also issued three dozen subpoenas to the Trump Organization and other Trump businesses tied to a lawsuit accusing Trump of profiting from foreign governments in violation of the Constitution. This is more emoluments clause investigations going on, mm-hmm. and... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I know that judge uh, uh, threw out the emoluments lawsuit, uh, which was, you know, a victory for Donald Trump. And thanks to a George W. Bush judge, that's how that got thrown out. Mm. You know, (laughs) I mean, there's something that I think we need to be more aware of going into elections as Democrats, which is the the courts, which is the Supreme Court in particular. You know, if Trump is reelected, he's probably going to have a shot at at least two new Supreme Court nominees. God, it's all over if he gets reelected. I know I I said that about George W. Bush, but I mean, for real. Yeah. In fact, you know who said that? If Donald Trump gets reelected, go ahead. Well, you know who said that is Michael Hayden. Michael Hayden also said that today. Totally agree. I mean, we are very rarely in an accord, but apparently we are on this one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, if he gets a second term, I mean, he's already just done so much damage. It's like having like an orangutan loose in a surgical suite, just like yeah. swinging a wrench, you know, and just mm-hmm. like smashing things. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but uh, the fact is that uh, I, I think the Democrats need to be more aware of the Supreme Court aspect of all of this, where um, we may have to accept a nominee that we're not all in love with, uh, if that means uh, getting a Supreme Court, uh, uh, you know, making sure we block Trump from uh, appointing a bunch of Supreme Court uh, crazy people uh, in place of inevitably RBG and probably Clarence Thomas. Those are probably the next two Supreme Court justices who are either going to step down or die in office. And and mm. that's that's a major crisis. I mean, that right now we've got a five to four court and John Roberts is giving us a little bit of leeway by becoming the new Anthony Kennedy, by becoming the new swing vote there. Uh, but we're relying on John Roberts and that's a bad place to be in. So what we need to do is get a Democratic president who's going to appoint replacements for Clarence Thomas and RBG when and if they go. 
Uh, and, and I think that needs to be more of a focus of this entire process. Um, you know, just making sure that our purity test is not getting in the way of, uh, of a Supreme Court nominee or two Supreme Court nominees or three. I mean, who knows? There could be more. There could be more. I mean, this really, to me, there's been talk. Some people have talked about expanding the Supreme Court to 11 justices. Well, yeah, it's not an immediate solution, though. I mean, maybe eventually Mm -hmm. we can amend the Constitution to do that. But a constitutional amendment along those lines is going to be faced with huge opposition. So it seems to me as if that is a a longer term goal. That's not something that we can really focus on in the immediate sense. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, in the near term, we need to really focus on uh, the nominees that are there and the current composition of the court because it's very easy to say, ah, don't worry about it. We'll just fix the court by getting more uh, justices mm-hmm. on the court, uh, expanding it to 11. Uh, but but that's, not the, that's not the thing. Uh, electing a president who is going to appoint decent replacements for well, RBG and whoever too, else. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's like, yeah, Trump can get reelected just as long as we expand the court is not the answer. Right, right. Um, uh, but anyway, meanwhile, um, Trump, oh yeah, Trump is going to have a rally in North Carolina on Wednesday. That's July 17th. It's going to be in Greenville, Apropos North Carolina. Nothing. Yeah. 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 Right. So it's going to be uh, Donald Trump screaming and trying to, I mean, and I can assure you, Donald Trump screaming on Wednesday is going to be crazier than usual. Uh, because he's going to want to do that. He's going to want to make sure no mm-hmm. one pays attention mm-hmm. or very few people, certainly not his own people. He doesn't want any of his own people to pay attention to what Robert Mueller is saying. And that's, I think, one of the driving forces behind uh, how Donald Trump uh, operates his distractions. I think he needs his base so uh, desperately that he's willing to do anything to keep them in line. And, and so therefore he's uh, just keep keeping them uh, distracted with shiny objects. When, uh, mm. when if they actually watched the Mueller hearings next week, they might be convinced otherwise. I think the point now is just co- constantly reinforcing the substance of the Mueller report. I think that's going to be the most important thing coming up next week. And he's public. He's testifying on camera. Yeah. Yeah. It's open testimony, public testimony. Except his guys, his, his guys are going to testify behind closed doors. So right. the rest of uh, Mueller's staff is going to be behind closed doors. But that's all right. <laughs> as long as we get Mueller, I, I think bet, that's going to be the you know, I bet, he did, I bet he does nothing but sit there and just say, I urge you to read the report. <laughs> yes, I, I, I said that in my report. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's in the report. Because, I mean, I don't know. Well, he seems to really like being, uh, you know, as like above the fray as he possibly can be. And I like it's like I said about, you know, we were talking about Chernobyl. It's like no asshole. Grab a shovel and get on the fucking roof. <laughs> like it's an emergency. Yeah. But, you know, Yeah, I know. I know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's all going to come down to uh, whatever happens on November 3rd, 2020. I mean, the, the future of the country is at stake here. And, uh, you know, every time we have an election, at least recently, it's come down to the most important election of our lives. You know, it comes down to that <laughs> definition. But quite honestly, this is it once again. And I, and I, God damn it, I wish we could get to a place where our elections didn't have these kind of stakes. Where we're just voting on, you know... <sighs> who the more qualified president will be. You know what I mean? Instead mm-hmm. of going, oh, shit, everything's going to collapse or explode or explode, then collapse, or collapse, <laughs> then explode. 
Uh, I think that's actually the more likely uh, yeah, yeah. collapse than explode. Yep. Well, you can follow T-Rex David Ferguson at Patreon.com <laughs> slash The T-Rex Report uh, for his podcast and his book in an ongoing serialized way on his Patreon page. Also, uh, uh, make sure to follow T-Rex on Twitter at T-Rex to see and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash something, something, something. David Ferguson. <laughs> I, I have no idea. When I start going down the road of a Facebook address, I have no idea what the uh, Facebook address is. Compromat Band. There it is. Compromat Band. Perfect. Perfection. Okay, meanwhile, Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. It's Jody Hamilton's From the Bunker Podcast. Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour. Randy Rhodes After Hours. Dino Badala's I Want to Be Your Muslim Friend. Sanity with John saying The Final Word with Frangelo. The Great Rude Pundit. Of course, uh, Proud Resistor 2. Uh, that's at sexyliberal.com. Make sure to subscribe. Five-star ratings and reviews for everyone on whatever your favorite podcast platform happens to be. And, by the way, don't forget the Indie Music Countdown is now its own uh, podcast channel on iTunes. So make sure to go sign up for that. Subscribe. It's free. And we thank you in advance. Take care, folks. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Stephanie Miller, America's original sexy liberal, if you don't count Miller Fillmore. Come join us for the Happy Hour podcast. You're probably already doing plenty of drinking and swearing with this stain of a president in office. Well, join me and my celebrity and comedian friends for a raunchy, uncensored ride through politics and pop culture. Pants optional. <laughs>